The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. This program will provide the groundwork you need to advance your awareness and be involved in the approaching transformation in consciousness. Now, your host, Peter Tong. Hello and welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. Thank you for joining us today. I'm delighted to welcome to the show Sherry Ruth Anderson today, who's written a book recently called Ripening Time, Inside Stories for Aging with Grace. Welcome to the show, Sherry. Thank you, Peter. I'm happy to be with you. Now, this is obviously in some ways uh, quite a, a challenging topic to write as we all grow older and wonder what is in store for us. So what was it that, that prompted you to write the book? Actually, it was something that really surprised me. I was in a yoga class, and a woman I barely knew, a tall, beautiful, blonde woman, came up to me and asked if she could talk to me after class. So we moved over, and you know how at the end of yoga class, everybody's rushing in and rushing out. So right on the side of the room in the middle of the rush, she said, well, I'm turning 50 next month, and I'd like some help. <laughs> and I asked her what kind of help she wanted, and she said, I heard that you led a trip down the Colorado River for elders, and you did some kind of ritual, and I need that for my birthday, and I want to hear what you did. So we talked a little bit, and I told her what we did. And at the end of that, she said, okay, um, I'll, I'll email you if I have any more questions. And I thought that was the end of it. And then she did email me. And what happened was I ended up having lunch with her on her houseboat in Sausalito. And what happened next was she talked and talked the way women do sometimes about her personal life. And just as I was wondering how I could leave, she said, I have a question for you. I need something. Is there a map for growing old? And when I heard that question, it felt like somehow it was a question with my name on it. And that got me started in writing this book. So you felt that... that that pull inside uh, that, that we do feel when we know something's really important. Yeah, you know, it's the funniest thing. It's like you're in a, a foreign airport and 
all these announcements are blaring in some language you don't understand, and then suddenly your name is called, and you wake up. That's what it felt like to me. And how old were you at the time? Um, I was in my early 60s. <laughs> so, so you were coming into this, this time 10 years ahead of her. I was, yeah. And, and so, I also thought, I thought, why are you asking me? What do I know about this? Um, but I had written a book called The Feminine Face of God uh, with a friend earlier. And she'd read that book, and it was a very popular book. So she seemed to feel that this would be the sequel to that book. Um, and that it, she said, you know, it, it's your turn. You, you go ahead. You must know something about this. So over the next couple months, we became friends and walked and talked. And, and the topic, I thought the topic dropped, um, but it didn't. And she kept on saying, uh, I want to know what you're discovering. And I said to her, um, well, I don't have a map. I'm just, I'm just going through the territory myself. But the truth is, I've been interested in the question of what happens with aging. And can we be conscious when we age for a long time? And I, began to realize that as I thought about the question of what's possible for us as we age. And I found, what I found, I think, is that it's a very exciting time, a very um, amazing opportunity for people who care about the inner journey. So Sherry, I, I just uh, reached my uh, aging milestone of 60 just a few weeks ago so I'm also very much in this <laughs> in this area of, of, of wanting to get to that place uh, I think an ex as, as, I, as I know you do exciting place of maturing into this elderhood uh, and, and so what have you discovered about about this map of elderhood you know it's funny you Whenever we talk about this, I always feel like we have to have both hands open. We have to see both sides. As soon as you say exciting, I feel like I have to say, you know, it's no walk through the park. <laughs> it's no, I always promised you a rose garden. It's, this is not for sissies, as everybody says. This is the hard stuff. This is the stuff that none of us wants and all of us who live long enough get. And that's, so it's real. It's not, it's not some weekend workshop you take and then maybe you, um, you know, maybe you do it and maybe you don't. It's like, no, no, this, if we live long enough, all of the hard stuff is going to come to us. Now, how can we be with it? And what's the promise that it offers? And that's, see, that's the question. But, um, there's, it feels like we live in a culture now that either says, be younger next year, don't get old, uh, eat the right vitamins, have the right face treatment, uh, you know, do whatever you can do, don't get old, or you're doing something wrong. Or else it's the senior infomercials. 
that uh, say, you know, play golf in the sunset and everything will, will be good for you and buy the right kind of health insurance. Uh, and it's not either of those. It's a time when we really get to be real and get to look at, you know, what does it mean to be a human being who's coming in to the fullness of life? It has uh, little to do with money as well, which, uh, again, a lot of people have, have sort of set themselves up to make sure that they have sufficient funds in their, in their old age, and some people have been successful and some haven't. But even those who have been successful and feel they've got that financial security, it doesn't necessarily help, does it? It helps some. It helps some. It's hard to be old and poor. Yeah. That's the truth of it. Um, and, of course, you know, if you have a lot of money, you can still be suffering a lot with the losses and endings and the sense of limitation that happens as you grow old. So the question, I think, really, is what's possible now? It's not... Somehow we have this idea in our culture that it's all over by the time you're 60 or 65 or 50 or 55 or whatever the magic number is. But if you actually start to look into the deep questions, the soul level questions that are really here for us at this time, uh, some very interesting kind of possibilities develop. So in, in, in the book, you're talking about uh, ripening uh, and, and sort of almost like a, a fruit ripening or, or a grape ripening on the vine and moving to this place of, uh, of elderhood and of maturity. So, so what actually are the obstacles to us becoming mature elders in our Western society? Um, maybe I, Peter, if you don't mind, maybe I should just say something for a moment about that funny title of ripening. Um, once I decided that, okay, I really do, I really am interested in what is possible for us now, and I started to tell people I'm, I'm interested in aging, it seemed like everybody I told got this bored look on their face and walked away. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, oh, for God's sake, I've got to find, uh, I've got to find some kind of word that actually reflects what I think is true about this period of time. And so I found the word ripening, which comes from the old English word to reap. And to reap is a very interesting word because it really brings us into the sense of the fullness of our life. And to be ripe, we think of a really good grapes or good cheese or something that can develop into fullness. And so I was hoping that the notion of ripening time would start to like sort of tickle our curiosity and let us start to think about what is possible now. So having named that, let me come back to your question about obstacles. Um, I think the first obstacle that really comes up for us 
if we even begin to consider that aging might be very interesting, is um, what happened to me when I started to get settled with the question. It was only a couple of months when I was thinking about writing um, about aging, and I started to notice that I was bored. And I started to notice I was thinking, what a boring topic. Uh, why did I ever think I was interested in aging? And so I tried to put it aside, but you know how once something really needs to come up for you, uh, you see it everywhere, it's on bumper stickers, and you hear a song on the radio, and so that's what started to happen to me. And I was walking with my friend Roger in a, in a marsh near my house, and out of the blue, he said to me, you know, how come you're interested in this aging thing? Aging isn't interesting to people like us. So I look at Roger. Roger's my age. So at that point, he's in his 60s, and he's a very good-looking guy. And he has these exotic blue eyes, and he's very fit. And he said, um, look at me. I'm the same weight as I was when I was 30. I'm still fascinated by life. I keep very fit. I tell you, aging isn't for people like us. So I started to wonder what he meant by people like us. I wondered if he meant exotic and fit, but he is me. And I didn't think I'd make the cut. And so the question stayed with me for a while. And I was invited to do uh, some workshops at a very big conference for women in Mobile, Alabama. There were a thousand women there from all walks of life. And my workshops were called Becoming the New Elders. And so as the women started to come in and sit down, I tried to think of a question that could get to the, the first step we have to take when we think about what it means to grow old. So I took a microphone and I walked through the, through the room and I started to ask people, tell me a lie about growing old. And at first everybody was silent and then people started to answer. And they said things like, your children and grandchildren will want to be with you in all the ways that you wish that they would. Especially on holidays, it's their favorite thing to do. Everybody starts to laugh. Somebody else says, you'll fall apart and all of a sudden you get stupid the minute you get your first gray hair. People start laughing. And so people started saying things that were true and sad and funny. And pretty soon, I didn't even have to ask people. They would just stand up and shout out all the lies that exist in our culture about growing old. Sherry, we're actually coming up to our first break now. So I'm going to take the break and we'll return with this, uh, this topic uh, when we come back. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation.
is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. On the program Inside Out, our outsides match our insides. Join host Beth Green along with co-host James Maynard for an insightful weekly journey that lets us all be real with no boundaries. We'll discuss current events, interview amazing guests, challenge old ideas, and see ourselves and our world more clearly. It's about you as much as us. So you're invited to call in, write in, and most of all, tune in. Listen for Inside Out, live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. Just a reminder to go to my website, www.petertongue.com, where all of the radio shows are archived and our monthly newsletters giving you all of the updates on the work that we are doing in the world of spirit. And also the live meditations, which I've started doing now on a regular basis on a Thursday morning at 11.30 Pacific. And the um, great feedback that we're getting (laughs) some strange feedback, but the great feedback we're getting about the uh, live meditations and people are receiving MP3 recordings uh, after the event of the uh, meditations with a really nicely balanced voice and uh, soundtrack background. So if you're interested uh, in joining our live meditations or listening to the meditation archived, just click on the events page on my website and you can get involved uh, through the process described there. Also, a reminder to go to my uh, www.myheartcenteredjourney.com and our Ambassadors of Light class. And we have our next class on uh, Thursday, December the 19th at 5.30, where I, I will attempt to bring everybody up to date with the world of spirit and what is taking place energetically and astrologically in the world today. I have with you today Sherry Ruth Anderson, who has written a book called Ripening Time, and we are discussing the whole concept, aspect of, uh, of growing old and doing so gracefully and maturing as we go. And all the points that uh, Sherry makes in the book are all actually relevant to all of us, whatever age we are. The, 
the main conclusions that she comes to, I would say, are true and relevant for everybody, whatever age they are in the world. So, Sherry, let's continue. Um, you were chatting just before the break about discussing or asking the, the question about the lies of, of growing old and responses you got from some of the women in a, in a workshop. So, just continue with that. Yes, you know, one of the uh, powerful things about asking for the lies is, first of all, if you do it with a group of people, it usually makes you laugh as well as feel sad because you're naming the truth that's underneath the lies. But then as soon as you start to do that, you start to get curious, I think, about, well, what is true? And what do I assume? What have I been assuming without even noticing it? And that's where we start to talk about um, what I call mother culture's web. Uh, and that's the mother culture's like a master weaver who provides the background for what we assume to be true in all of our, our cultural comings and goings. So the question is, how do you get out of the web? Especially because inside the web, it seems like this is what's normal. So I'd like to pause for a minute, Peter, and just ask you how things are going on your end. You mean in my life? Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're going really well because I'm very aware of the mother culture's web of aging and how it limits us and uh, how our belief systems inculcated through a whole variety of different ways through our up- upbringing, our childhood, our Western cultural beliefs about the way things are and the way we're supposed to be. And so I've been working on looking at that from a slightly detached perspective and seeing, uh, certainly in the healing work that, that I do, how people are trapped actually into illness uh, as well as dying prematurely actually because of the, the belief systems that exist, uh, working particularly with people with terminal cancer and how those belief systems keep them trapped uh, in that illness. And it's absolutely fantastic when people can break free, free of that web and actually be healed and get well. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for um, mentioning that. I think that, you know, that question, even even to have the question, like, is there such a thing as a cultural web? And um, once you start to, as you say, pay close attention, you can begin to hear the story, in this case, about aging coming all the time. And you start to think to yourself, how can people believe this stuff? And that's when you find that you're stepping outside the web. Um, and one of the things that uh, that I, I talk about in the book and I found in, in all these many years, actually, of working with elders groups in uh, Europe and across the United States and in Alaska is... If you can find the deep soul-level questions that are coming up for you around the issue of aging, and not shut them down, but open up to them, they will be a guide for you. I don't have a map for growing old, but I have a compass. And the compass 
is being able to listen to the soul deep questions that arise now in our lives. One of the, uh, the truths uh, we have to face as we age is of death itself, which is inevitable for all of us. And so again, I, it, within the, with the book, you talk about that and how important it is to face up to that reality. Yeah, you know, I wonder, I, I don't know, uh, I wonder how many of us are actually afraid of death or more afraid, really, of the process of dying, of what it means, of what we won't be able to do, um, of being alone at that time, uh, and we never talk to anybody about it, not even our closest friends. And if you put, if you put that question front and center, it has a very powerful effect because it begins to reflect the sense of the heart and what it loves. So I was working with somebody yesterday and he, he acts like he's going to live forever and he's in his 70s. And when I finally asked him, aren't you aware that, that really we don't have that much time left? He said, to tell you the truth, I'm aware of it every day, and I run away from it. I do whatever I can to distract myself. So we decided to sit down and actually not run away, and to look at what, what it might bring up to really consider the, the, um, the deep truth that's available right now. I think what we might do is uh, take a break right now and we'll change our connection and uh, get back with Sherry uh, after the break. We'll take a break now. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Which voice do you hear? The voice of your ego or the voice of your spirit? The one you listen to can determine your entire future, your decisions, your existence. Listen to Two Voices with Dr. Nick and Reverend Linda Martin. We'll identify, discover, and explore your two voices and help you to determine how they shape your life. It's an experience which can allow you to transform your ego, hear the voice of spirit more clearly, and create the life you were meant to live. Two Voices is heard Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America 7th Wave. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. 
This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. Just sorry about that little bit of feedback we were getting. So we've changed our system and hopefully everything is all okay now with Sherry. Um, so just want to take this opportunity to thank Voice America, uh, Brandy Jackson, my producer, and our regular engineer, Matt, who's having to work hard today to make this uh, show work well. Uh, and their system and their company enable me to bring these wonderful guests to you so that you can hear the insights and awarenesses uh, and the experience that these uh, wonderful people have gained over time and also to thank my sponsors for this series of shows sherry chase of chase international real estate company in lovely lake tahoe nevada and reno nevada so we'll return with sherry and and before we uh, we got interrupted, we were we were talking about actually facing up to the inevitable mortality that we all have, and she was sharing a story about someone that she was working with recently who has been avoiding that uh, issue, that topic. So, Sherry, just continue with that story. Yes. So, as I started to say, we sat down together, and I asked him to feel what was happening that made him run away so much uh, and do whatever he could to avoid really the questions that were coming up for him, aware that that maybe he has 10 or 15 years left to live, as, if all goes well, and how come he's not, you know, wanting to sit down with that? And he said, I, I feel a sense of despair and emptiness. And so I asked him a question that people don't usually ask, which is, what's that actually feel like? So he looked surprised, but he started to just feel what was happening for him inside, his, in his body, in his heart. And he said, it feels kind of gray and um, cold. And, oh, wait a minute. Well... No, it's not cold, actually. There's a kind of neutralness to it. Oh, that's interesting. Wait a minute. Is this what I've been running away from all these years? I, I, I'm not even sure what's here, but it's not what I thought it was. And he started to get interested. And the more interested he got, the more alive he felt. And he could see that there were these layers of beliefs that he had formed from very early in his childhood, which is where most of our impressions, most of our soul level impressions are formed, um, based on what had happened to his grandmother and his grandfather. And once he saw through that, he realized 
that he actually didn't know what was going to be true for him. And moreover, he was kind of curious. And this whole sense of feeling like he was running away from his life began to change. It's really, really important to understand that our experience of other people dying within our world is often that imprint that we place upon our own future, which may be nothing like what's going to take place for us. Yes, you're absolutely right. And and then the thing is, you see, that's unconscious. So that's why they call it unconscious, right? Because we're not aware of it. And in fact, if somebody simply says, oh, you know, you feel that way because when you were six, this is what you saw, that doesn't cut it. That doesn't mean anything. You need to actually find out for yourself, where did these ideas come from? What was it like for me when I was 10? What was it like for me when I was six? What, what did I see in my elders? And we all have very different impressions. Um, some, somebody has an impression of her grandmother saying the rosary in the afternoon in her rocking chair quietly and that there was such a peace, such a quiet, such a goodness around her grandmother that she used to like to just be in the room quietly herself. Somebody else has a very different impression. Then as we grow older, we have our experience with our own parents. It makes an enormous imprint on us, and we generalize from that and think that's what, that's what really matters. And it's probably not even accurate to say we think. More, we have the impression and we don't really see where it came from. But once we start to get curious about, well, where did I get these impressions from? And I guess I'd have to add, when we get to sit in the company of others who are also wanting to know, wanting to explore, um, then that gives us courage. And their interest helps us to be interested. And so we begin to let the soul level deep questions of growing old um, unfold us, un- unwrap the coverings, and what we discover can be really uh, deeply surprising. I think one of the lines in the book says, until you are naked, you cannot enter here. Mm. What, what, what does that mean? Yeah, that's um, in in the traditional ways in in our ancestors lives long ago there was always the sense that in order to come to maturity you have to face your own death and there are all kinds of stories uh, in the great myths about um Ancient Sumer, the great goddess Inanna, in the middle of her life, it says she set her ear to the great below. And what that means is she started to listen to something deeper than the surface of her life. And it says what she heard was her long-lost sister, whom she'd never met, weeping. So she didn't hear the weeping until she started to listen. But once she started to listen, 
it says that what she did was she shut down each of her seven temples. We have seven gates in the body that are openings. She shut those down and began to turn inward. And when she made the deep journey to the underworld, she, she was a queen. And so she went with all her symbols of power. And at each gate of the underworld that she tried to enter in order to meet her sister, they said to her, you can't come in here like that. Give us that rod of power. Give us your golden necklace. Take off that lapis bracelet. Give us your crown. And at each gate, she had to give up one of her symbols of authority and power and strength and beauty until she was naked. And once she was naked, they said, now you can enter. And she came in, and what she met, in fact, was the other half of herself, the half that knew about death. And she had to go to her own, through her own experience of death in order to return to the world to bring her gifts to the world. And so that's one of the ancient myths. There are many others. But the sense is that until you are naked, until you are able to know yourself beyond all of what represents your power and strength, you have no true wisdom to bring to your people. And it's that it's that true that true wisdom that uh, that that we are seeking and that you're talking about in in this ripening time. It's true. You know, there's a there's a wonderful uh, book by by one of the great Jungian um, analysts whose name was Helen Luke L U K E, and it's a very little book and it's called Old Age. I think it's one of the truest books I've ever read. And in it, she says something quite intriguing. She says, for those who embrace the gifts reserved for age, old age becomes freedom, becomes the dance. So it's very intriguing, right? It's not only old age brings wisdom, if you can make, if you can make the journey to the, to the to the difficult times of your life and be conscious there but it becomes freedom it becomes the dance itself so but when i first read that i thought well what are the gifts reserved for age what wonderful gifts is she talking about and what she was talking about is what all the rest of us call the hard stuff death losses a sense of diminishment of what we thought belonged to us, our um, our flexibility, our uh, the beauty of our of our voice, how quick our minds are, um, how many friends we have, what whatever it is that we think is ours uh, when we're young or at midlife, that begins to change as we grow old. So that's. You see, that's the challenge, right? Because if you think that's you, whatever those signs of success are, when they start to go, you feel like you're dying. You don't exist. What are you? Who are you? 
And if you can be present for that and let yourself ask those questions, then that's when the true freedom starts to come. And you see, oh, who I am doesn't depend on what my what my skin looks like, what my hair looks like, whether I can help other people with my money, whether um, all, all the things that we take to be us and we, we think are what matters most in life, as they start to change or go, then, the, then we're, we're thrown into the deepest question of all, which is, what am I truly? What's most important in this life? One of the uh, aspects in the book which I really enjoyed, you talked about becoming a person of no age. Just give us a couple of minutes on that. Yeah, okay. Um, well, you know, so, so here, here we are and we're talking about, you know, the, the gifts reserved for age and all these things about age. And you might wonder, well, is that, is that like the whole story? Like, so once you start to get old, then, then you have to be old all the time. But in fact, that's not true at all. Um, so here's the story that somebody told me that uh, I, I think exhibits that. And it's a story about a man whose name was Arthur Adolf Marx. And um, when Arthur was about 35 or 40, for some reason, nobody can remember anymore. His mother sent him a harp, and Arthur fell in love with his harp. He loved everything about it. The only thing was he couldn't read music, and he couldn't find a music teacher. Every music teacher he went to to try to get him to help said, it's impossible to learn the harp at your age. You have to start before you're eight before your hands are shaped. You have to be able to learn from the very beginning. And teacher after teacher sent him away. And finally, he had one last hope. He heard about a, an old woman teacher who might possibly accept unusual students. And he went to her and he told her his story. And she said, it's true what they say. And at that, his, his heart just sank. And she said, there's only one thing left for you now. And he said, what is it? I'll do anything. And she said, I can teach you how to play the harp if you become a person of no age. And that very day, Arthur started his harp lessons. And he grew to love the harp so much that in time he changed his name and he became known as that great famous clown named Harpo Marx. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I think that's true for all of us, that yes, there's so much to learn from our experience of aging and we can also be a person of no age and we can also be 16 years old and dancing our heart out and we can be that within a day or an hour or within a few minutes it all it's all here and if we can step fully enough out of mother culture's web 
And if we can find the courage and hopefully the companions to be with us as we ask our deep questions, then I think it's all available to us at this very intriguing time. Thanks, Jerry. We're coming up to our break now. We'll take that. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension. Step out of fear. Host Simran Singh will help you broaden your mind and open your heart toward a greater understanding of how to take charge of your life. 1111 Talk Radio is here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. 1111 Talk Radio. Because shift happens. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. You're listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. Have with me today, Sherry Ruth Anderson, whose most recent book is called Ripening Time, Inside Stories for Aging with Grace. Sherry, just let our listeners know how they can make contact with you or get hold of the book. Um, well, the book, um, Ripening Time, is available through uh, any bookseller. It's available uh, as an online book, an e-book, uh, and also uh, in as a paperback. And you can get it from Amazon or Barnes and Noble, any of the mainstream publishers. Um, and you can also ask your local independent bookseller, who I'd love to support, um, to order them if it's not already in stock. And it's also available. And there's a lot of support material uh, on my website, uh, which is SherryRuthAnderson.com. Great. And one of the one of the uh, important issues uh, about this whole process is the uh, camaraderie and support that we can offer each other as we go through this process. 
and you have some information at the back of the book to help people in that regard. Just talk about that a little bit. Yeah, um, I, I decided I really wanted to put in some things about how to create uh, either a salon in your living room or a small group or work with just one or two friends because uh, in the groups that I do, I'm really aware of how valuable it is to have other people who are deeply interested in what it is to be conscious as we age and the discovery process and what, how much courage it gives us, how much compassion arises for us, how much creativity and how much laughter there is. And it's, it's scary to do it alone. When you, when you're acting differently from what the mainstream culture is uh, presenting, you really need companions on the way. So um, I, I do recommend looking at the back of the book, which uh, gives some guidelines for working in groups and how to do that, and also um, presents the kinds of questions you might want to ask to get started about what's interesting about this time of life and what's challenging and where can you go with that. So you can also use the questions and work alone and keep a journal. Uh, but somehow you've got to dig in uh, deeper than just reading about it because the really interesting thing is your own life. Great. Thank you so much. So in in the book, uh, one of I think one of the lines that, that you, you mention is uh, maturity is as complex and rich as an old vine wine, the fruit of a life lived with honesty soul and care for others and in the last chapter you talk about the harvest and the sort of uh, connection or the analogy with uh, with the grape and and a mature wine so just explain a little bit about that to our listeners uh, and what one of the things that i found i think really really important was uh, not it's not so much focusing on the harvest but it's to get the, the harvest that you desire is to pay attention to the whole process. Yeah, I really got some instructions in the harvest from um, a man named Jacques who owns a winery in Sonoma County in California, which is uh, very near to where I live. I grew up on the beach in Atlantic City, New Jersey, and I didn't know about harvest. So I just had a concept about harvest until I got to talk to some people who really knew what it meant. Um, so when I asked Jacques about the harvest, he came for a visit. He said, I want you to understand that picking the fruit, picking the grapes, is just one act in the whole process. That you have to pay attention to all of it. And I thought, what what a true thing for beginning to think about aging as a true harvest, that there's the whole process that we go through um, from looking at what influenced us when we were young, our impressions of aging that happened, uh, what supports us through our middle age to be aware of aging as a fruition, as a growing process, 
and then the sense of the harvest can come. So you have to have the overview, the longer picture of it. And then another thing I learned from the harvest is you have a very small window of time. All this growing has happened. And then you have, sometimes it's a week, and sometimes it's two weeks, depending on what the weather's like, to bring the harvest in. So in a way, you could say that about the end of our lives, the last 10 years, the last 20 years of our lives, that there's been all this growing, all these experiences over a lifetime, and now it's time to bring the fruition, bring the harvest in. And you know, nobody brings in the harvest alone. It's always involves, you, you bring the whole community together to bring the harvest in. And I think that's relevant for us now, that not only do we need each other in order to, um, to hear each other into speech, to discover the deep truths that are unfolding now, but we need a sense of the longer um, engagement, the greater engagement of the full community. And that includes the ones who've gone ahead of us, the ancestors. And it very much includes not only our children and our grandchildren, but the children yet to come. It's like, why do you care about maturity? Yeah, we care about it for our own lives, for our personal lives. But it's also the fruition of a human life that hasn't been seen in such numbers before ever in the history of the world. There's a, um, and, and I'd just like you to mention there's an, for me, there's an emanation or an energy, whatever you want to call it, that comes from an elder who has reached this point of maturity and understanding of life where they actually don't need to do anything but just be present and offer their presence to the gathering, if that makes sense. You know, I think what you're saying, um, and of course it's a point that I, I make in the book a lot about the, the, I think the great gift that an elder brings is truly their presence. And the quality of being um, alertly, actively, warmly uh, open and interested and caring with other people. When that's your truth. You know, everybody has a different kind of truth. Some people have been givers all their life. Their truth is that as they age, they may want solitude. They may be done with all the giving. Other people have been very um, involved in making their way in the world and their own accomplishments or their own creativity. For them, they may want more giving toward the end of their life. Each one of us is so unique. But if we can be true to that uniqueness and really show up for it, then however we show up is a gift. 
So, Sherry, we're actually at the end of our time, and that's a, it's a wonderful way to, to finish. And I really, really appreciate your time. And I really appreciate you tackling such a, a challenging topic in this book, which, which has worked out extremely well. So thank you for joining me today. You're welcome. It's been a pleasure, Peter. Thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's show. My show next week is going to be called Avenues of the Human Spirit with Graham Nichols, who's going to be talking about his profound spiritual awakening, his out-of-body experiences, and the general spiritual exploration that that has led to. Should be another fascinating show. I hope you have a wonderful week. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. We hope that you found this week's show to be enlightening and inspiring. Please join host Peter Tung for another edition of Awakening to Conscious Creation next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network.